Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Ah, we have a fun show for today with an incredible guest. Skating instructor Derek Purnell joins the show. Derek's philosophy is that he wants to teach the world how to skate. And it's a mindset that was fostered in the many weekends he spent being part of Atlanta's social skating scene. In many parts of the South, roller skating is a massive part of the culture. And weekends and events are often planned around events at skating rinks and and parks and any location in, in which people can skate. Atlanta is a city rich in culture, rich in music history. And coupled with that and his experiences skating, it created a perfect storm for Derek to fall in love with the sport. As an adult, Derek moved to the opposite coast when he joined the military and was stationed in San Diego. During that time, he rediscovered his love of skating and now is a skate instructor, helping to spread his joy of the sport. On wheels, Derek is incredibly gifted and he has a unique blend of artistic and creative style, but also with sound technical skills to match. On today's episode, Derek and I first chatted up about what it was like growing up in such a artistic haven as Atlanta. Derek also chats about how he got back in to skating while in the military. And finally, Derek chats about why he wants to help others and why he finds value in helping strangers and friends alike learn how to skate. This was such a fun conversation with Derek. He has a wonderful personality and his videos on wheels are incredible. There's no better person to learn from than Derek Purnell. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity that I can link up with him in San Diego and get my own skating lesson because I am absolutely rubbish. This was such a fun conversation and I am stoked for everyone to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on professional skater and skate instructor, Derek Purnell. And let's learn. What's up? What is good? I was on your page and I went to your podcast, actually. When I was on there, I was, I was, <laughs> when I was listening to it. I was like, Man, he got some interesting people on here. I don't know how he makes his selections, but I'm definitely grateful to be one of them. You're on your way. I'll tell you that right now, man. It's, it's, it's dope. From one of my favorite cities in the United States. You're from the A. You're from the A. Yes, indeed. What yes. was it like growing up in ATL? Atlanta? Man, it's just, I, I grew up in the city, so I grew up right in the heart of the city. So right there by Turner Field, the Georgia Dome, so I'm by everything all the touristy areas turn up all these things so i'm like growing up for me it was always busy 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 if i wasn't doing anything i wasn't productive if i wasn't dancing if i wasn't going to school coming home after school programs you know what i'm saying going to the games you know what i'm saying the stepping competitions all the hbcus down there if i wasn't involved somehow it's just growing up in that culture i felt like man being, being in atlanta it, 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 it would be a waste, you know, because it, it has so much to offer, the culture, the experience, the food, number one. So, I mean, I grew up from a kid, so obviously I never moved away. So I was there until I was like 22. So I knew the city like the back of my hand. And it, it was just a place where I've grown to appreciate more, but when I was there, I thought that was all the U.S. had to offer. So for me, it was just, I had to take it all in. I was like, yo, this is me, this is where I'm from. And I loved it, you know. So I, I, for me, I was just like, just growing up there. It's just now looking back, it's pretty remarkable. 
yes. to even be from where I was from and to just make it out, you know, so I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think when it comes to having a hometown, ATL has got to be one of the best ones to have just because of the culture, the music, the sports, everything. I have to ask about the music because obviously it's one of the best music scenes because it's all genres there. Oh, yeah. So who, who, <laughs> the artists, who are the artists that you had on repeat growing up? Oh, man. I grew up, man. I don't even know if they're from Atlanta. My dad had me on 8-Ball, MJG. He had me on Outcast <laughs> at an early age. You know what I'm saying? He had me on, uh, what was those? Dang, I can't, I can't remember right off the top of my head, man. They had the song, My Mind Playing Tricks On Me. Oh, you know, so, yeah, yeah, all that, man. Oom Camp, DJ Ump, you know, all these people, man, with all this crank music. And I'm like, yo, I, so many different genres, you know, and I'm like, yo, all these people came from my hometown, you know, future, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, when you get into that early rap trap music, and I'm like, all these people came from here. So honestly, for me, I'm always connected to the ATL music. Even now, you know, in my skating or whatever, Young Bloods, Lil John, you know, all these people, man, it's just, <laughs> I go on and on. As, as I began to get excited about it, I think of more artists that I lean more so towards and I do what I do, you know. So that's that's definitely something I, I hold near to my heart, the music that comes from my hometown. Youngblood, one of my guilty pleasures. I always thought Sean P was one of the most wonderful guys in the game. I like that. So underrated, man. Makes great music. <laughs> <laughs> if you could only have one song that represented Atlanta. That one song that represented, man, Welcome to Atlanta, what the plays play, and we ride. You know what I'm saying? Jermaine Dupree. It, it, it's just, <laughs> it's so Atlanta. Yeah. The beat, the drop, the remix, you know, it's just like, man. All this represents different places in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? T.I., you know what I'm saying? All that rigid hood, trap, young Jeezy, all these people, Gucci Mane, so all these things. Are just <laughs> and I've seen these people in real life, so it's, 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 it's even that much more uh, sincere, you know? I've got a chance to like shake hands with these people and see them shoot videos right down the street from my house, outside of my middle school, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? These people forever have my respect. You know, so. I can tell it's sincere for you because you've just lit up while talking about it. You, I can take it. Take you know, it. Yeah. <laughs> My last ATL question might be even more culturally appropriate than music. What's your 2 a.m. Waffle House order? What? Dude, what's that's your, all I eat when I go home. That's what like, I'm I wanted. What's your 2 a.m. Waffle House? It's the beacon of light shining down. They're on every corner. What's the order? Dude, my order is going to be the all-star meal. Right? With or without the waffle, don't care. You can give it to me if you want, right? Don't need the sausage. I'm gonna take the waffle, it's optional, and I'm gonna get the cheesy grits and the scrambled eggs off top. Two orders of grits, though. <laughs> I, love it. I, love it. I don't have a go-to one, but uh, I just love that you have to give you so many options. Right, I love Waffle House, dude. That's my, that's my love language when I go home. I, that's why I had to ask you. <laughs> In your adult life, you went to the other coast. You joined the Navy and you end up in San Diego, another great, 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 great town. What was that like for you? What was the transition going from the other side? You go from East Coast, West Coast, way really different vibe, but also it's a great place to be in. Right. I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Well, I joined the military. Obviously, I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? I'm a scared 22-year-old and just don't know where I'm going to end up, number one. So, give you this dream sheet. So, I picked Japan first. Virginia, California was the last thing on my list. And then boom, I just so happened to get it. And they're like, hey dude, 
you're probably one of the luckiest people in this class. You got California first round up. You know, I was like, bet. You know, so when I got here, man, all, all I knew was that when people come to California from Georgia, sometimes they end up going back to Atlanta. And I was like, why y'all leaving? You know what I'm saying? So I got out here and I was like, why would you want to leave this place? I know Atlanta's dope, but I'm like, man, this place is super amazing. The weather's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So much to do. They got beaches. I'm like, man, I ain't got this back home. You know, I ain't got the waterfront. You know, I got the culture, the city, the people, but I ain't got the waterfront. So I'm like, this is just crazy, man. So first of all, I was a little nervous because nobody was here, no family, no siblings, none of that. It was just all military brotherhood, sisters and brothers and all. That's all I had. So I'm definitely scared and nervous when I first got out here. Didn't know anything. <laughs> Well, you and the only thing you're the only thing that is a, that you're missing from Atlanta that's a good thing is you're missing that humidity, which I know is was probably a positive for you. Oh yeah, super positive, dude. I feel like you need a shower as soon as you step outside. You know. I remember being the ATL, and then we were going from one spot to another, and my buddy was like, "Yo, we gotta go back." And it's like, "Why?" He's like, "I gotta change shirts." Gotta change, man. You gotta keep something in the bag or something, man. You know, out here you get a breeze every once in a while. <laughs> There's hot. What are your earliest memories of skating? Man, let me tell you, I, I'll keep it frank with you. My my granddad, he gave us this box of random toys. And in that box was an old pair of rollerblades. And I took the rollerblades out, and I, my foot was small enough just to fit inside it, you know, with a pair of thin socks. And I rolled those rollerblades until the wheels fell off. I actually shared them with my cousin, and we would jump off the porch, run to the West End train station on them, come back, Swap them out, bro. Let's go again. You know, we beat those things up. And that was my first memory of it just being on and in a pair of skates. And I never thought anything would happen outside of that. <laughs> when did it turn from something that, you know, you did as a kid to something like as you're growing older, like this is part of my identity. It's who I am. I'm good at it. I like it. I right. You need to turn it off. So when I got to middle school, so mind you, that box came, I was probably like, early stages of getting out of elementary and boom, going to middle school. So when I went to middle school, I met a group of friends, Kenquavius Hutchinson and my dude, Xavier Benton. We still friends to this day. And Kenquavius had a pair of skates, roller skates. This pair of skates he had, I was like, everybody had them in the ring. They were black, black wheels. We had a black pair of skates. Man, you were like top notch in the skate. You had your own, you're good to go. You ain't riding in the rentals. So he had some, and just so happens he had an old pair. The pair that he was wearing was the pair he was gonna pass down, and his mom was gonna get him a new set. And I was like, bro, I like those skates. He gave me his skates, and he got a new pair. And boom, ever since then, I never stopped skating. They did, I never stopped skating. And I stopped skating, when I went out to see for the military. So I was skating in Georgia, boom, grew up, skated on and off, on and off. Once everybody kind of split ways in high school, we didn't go to the skate rink consistently. Gave me his pair of skates, and ever since then, I never stopped. I never really put them down. They all stopped skating, and I decided to keep doing it. But then I got to Cali, went out to sea for five years, put the skating away, and I ran into other people on the ship that also skated, and that motivated me to get my eyes back out back in 2016. So it went from like 2008 to 2016, almost eight years later before I really started to get back into it. 
just start to develop that passion for it again. You also talk about how skating is a big part of Southern culture, especially in Georgia, because it's not like we are in the United States. It's it's a big part of it. I know it's a big part of the weekends and everything. Right. Back in the day, all we did, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, huge in the ATL, man. You got the weekdays where you got the family skates and the kids come to skate, right? The old school skate. But Friday, Saturday, Sundays, it was mainly for the young, the young adults, you know? So we come through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and boom, we, we skated out. So mainly the skating rink was a, a place for three things, right? You can see nice looking girls, right? Hear great music and possibly see a fight right at the end of the night. <laughs> right. That's like all you need is high school, right? That's all you need. Bro, right, absolutely. You get a bunch of kids together, all this energy from different from different hoods and different places they come from, and we all gather here inside, no problem. Outside, boom, that's probably where you're gonna see, you know what I'm saying, some confrontation. But when we're all there together, man, it's almost like nobody, it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter. Who's there? Guess what? We locking on. We gonna skate. We gonna battle out in the middle, and we gonna do our things around the skate ring, right? Everybody did it, man. I'm talking about celebrities. You know what I'm saying? You never know who you gonna run into in there, man. Everybody was just like they took their their their, their personas off, and they were a skater, you know, for those three four hours, you know, <laughs> from eight to eleven or whatever. Everybody was just skating, man. And I wish my family had got more into it, but. It was so big that some of our field trips in school would be to skating rinks because people knew that this is what the kids did. This is how we released, you know, and got escape the everyday monotony of school and just being worried about what we're going to wear, who likes us, if we're popular, you know. So to me, it was it was definitely the outlet. So, I mean, it's huge for the culture there at ATL, man. So now, as an adult, and you spend a lot of your day, a lot of hours skating. I know you've been doing it for a while, so it's probably you're used to it. But what yeah. is the part physically after a long day of several hours out there when you get back and you're beat? What, what's what's the part of you who's tired? Oh man, yeah, for for sure. Because you, you, I'm out there for hours teaching or just skating in general, and the hardest part is probably finding that balance between okay, um, what do I do to maintain? my social life outside of the rink or outside of my skate family? What do I do to maintain that? How do I continue to cultivate those relationships with those people that may not skate with me, but also are cool with me and want to spend time with me and vice versa. I want to spend time with them too. How do I separate that? Because at the end of the day, the skating, yeah, it pays, but at the end of the day, it also pays to have solid relationships outside of that, you know, just so, I'm, I can keep my sanity, you know, but I'm beat. Sometimes I just want to sleep and, 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 and go. But at the same time, I am in the military. So I know after I'm done skating, it's back to work, you know. So sometimes I trick my brain and be like, well, I'm about to go work on this island for four days. I can't skate for four days. So why not get the most out of it, maximize it? while I'm here because I'm only here for the weekend, you know? So sometimes I would trick my brain to do that and then sometimes I'm like, all right, I need to take a break. And that's what a lot of people don't necessarily do a lot in the skate community. They don't take a break, you know? They just go, go, go. But I find joy in taking that break because it, it allows you to sit back, relax, 
you know, get some fresh ideas and just be off your feet for a while. So that way, when you go back, it's fresh again. It's new. It never gets old. When you talk about getting ideas, let me talk more about that. So where do you find creativity? I know you talk about that's how you get the ideas or that's how you're brainstorming the ideas, but where do you look for new ideas to add to your routines? And then how do you balance the artistic aspect, the aesthetically, yeah. but also like the technically sound things? How do you balance that as well? Most of the time where I'm getting my ideas from, it might be from people I'm skating with next to. They might say something or I might see a vision in my head of them doing something cool. And I'm like, hey, let's try this real quick. And it resonates with them because it works with their natural chemistry, you know? So I'm like, I'm looking at videos, maybe on Instagram or, or YouTube, and I'm like, man, I could probably do that. Let me try that real quick, you know what I'm saying? And for me, I didn't learn how to skate for real until I got to California. Okay. Like, nobody taught me in Georgia how to skate, you know? So I was just picking up stuff left and right. I would like people, people wouldn't let me skate with them because I was too slow or X, Y, and Z wasn't good enough. So I was I didn't start taking it seriously. I got to Cali. So most of my style is influenced by California skaters. But as I grew in the skate culture, I like the Atlanta style a little bit better because that's where I grew up and it's something I can connect to. And I'm like, I need this a part of my my my, my normal routine, you know? So I, I'm definitely encouraged and inspired by skaters from Atlanta that do the ATL style. You know, because it's, it's a style that, that I can see myself doing, number one. And it's and it's just so hood. It's a lot of stepping and it's real loud. And I'm just like, I love it. I, re I resonate with it. But at the same time, <clears throat> the artistic part about skating will be the, the community, putting a pair on, seeing how they feel on your feet, hopping on that skate floor, you know, and just the, the togetherness about it all. But balancing that and the technical part would be, a, a, a blended relationship, you know, because one can't happen without the next. You get good at the community, you get good at the togetherness, but now, if you plan to skate long term and actually get better as a skater, improving technique and fundamentals, you're going to need that technical piece and it's always challenging and that's usually the make or break when it comes to who wants to do this for real versus who wants to do this for recreation purposes only, yeah. you know? So, yeah, so that balance between the two is a very fine line, you know, because you want to get technical, right, when you want to get better because you have to get technical. You got to know which, where you, where your weight is going, which foot is leading, pull through your heel, sit on your toes, ball your toes up in your skates, right? And a lot of that stuff is overlooked sometimes, you know, it's because it's all fun and recreation, you know, but I feel like it's an even balance between the two. You can't have one without the next. Yang and yang. Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of who you are now, right? You've got the blend of both coasts. So I got to put you on the spot. What's the best coast? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, a east. I'm, I'm going east, baby. All right. I know, I know, I know, I know best rhyme with west, but, you know, I'm, I'm an east coast baby, man. I'm an east coast. Close to the day I die, <laughs> you know. It a lot quicker than than you. Th I thought you were gonna answer. I thought you'd handle it, but you knew right away you're still East Coast. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. But you know, the West Coast <clears throat> is my family too. You know, because I, I I've grown to connect with them as well, and I met a phenomenal people here. You know, what I'm saying it's taking me out of their wing. Definitely got elements of both. One thing I love is your philosophy is you want to teach the world to skate. So yes. 
It'd be easy yes. to just that skating's your hobby, your passion, your, you want to do it on your own, but you want to help others. So why is that important to you? And what was it that sparked your desire to assist everybody else in skating? That's crazy, man. And I, I mean, I, and I, I put that on, I put that in my bio for that particular reason to, to spark a question. You know, I do want to teach the world to roller skate. You know, they're like, how you gonna do that? How you teach the world to roller skate? And I was like, hey, guess what? I'm gonna stop one person at a time. You know, one private lesson at a time, one group photo, one group session at a time. And then that's exactly how it spreads. Most of what I do has been spread by word of mouth anyway. You know, it wasn't a lot of footwork on my end, but it was a lot of intentionality involved in it, you know. So I'm like teaching the world, yeah, I'm in the military, boom, I can see the world, but at the end of the day, I want to show the world how to do what I'm doing, you know, if they're if they're that, that 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 drawn in by it. You know, most of my demographic are people who want to roller skate, obviously. It wasn't at first, but now it's like people who reach out because they want something. So I'm like, hey, I'm able to do that. So let me boom, spend some time with you. Sixty minutes out of my day, guess what? It might be therapy for you. You know, I never know what you might be going through. You know what I'm saying? And I know skating is therapeutic for a lot of people. So I'm like, guess what? If I can get outside of my bubble, step into other people's circles, and guess what? I can affect them in a positive way. Why not do it? You know? So I'm like, hey, that's something I want to do. I want to travel the US and internationally teaching people how to roller skate because it's therapy, it's it's exercise, and it, it just produces positive endorphins in the body that people love to see it once they're introduced to what it represents, you know. So I feel like that's why I want to do that. And why I want to help so many people is because when I was little, I remember most of my life I was bullied. So, and I always felt like if I had a talent or if I had something I could connect to, connect with, maybe people would leave me alone, you know? And I was like, man, back in school, I was a, I started dancing because I was bullied. And I felt like if I could dance, I could get popular. People would like me more, you know? So I believe somehow, subconsciously, I started to do what I did so that not necessarily that people were talking about me and bullying me, but at the end of the day, I wanted to feel significant somehow, you know? So I feel like that's me. It's coming through me in a different way, not because I'm being bullied, but that significant piece. You know, I want to live a significant life. I want to be a significant part of somebody else's life at the same time, you know? So that's why. I want to teach and I spend so much time teaching people and showing people one by one because nobody did it for me and boom, it gives me uh, satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it gives satisfaction to be able to help somebody and spend time with them and have patience with a person, you know, getting to know them along the way. What have you learned about yourself through teaching others? Oh, man. I've learned that I, I do have a high threshold of patience. You know, and I have to also understand that uh, I have to adjust according to who I'm working with, you know, and it's almost instantaneous. You know, everybody's different. Everybody doesn't want the same thing. So I, for me, I assume everybody did. Everybody wants to get technical. I'm like, everybody wants to know this style of skating. And for me, I had to scale back. So I definitely had to learn how to uh assess a situation and begin to teach from that aspect you know so for me I ha i've been humbled in this situation uh 
teachings, dating. I've definitely been humble. I thought I knew it all. I thought I had it all under control. And boom, I've had lessons where, you know, people are teaching me stuff. Like, hey, I don't like this. I need to do this. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, I really need to do my homework, you know? So, so I'm like, yes, yeah. so I've definitely learned that uh, humility is, 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 is key. Uh, it's never really about me doing the session. You know, it's always about the other people, the other person, and what they want to accomplish. So I have to put their needs and desires and wants ahead of mine. And it just helps me as a better human being at the end of the day. You know, because this translates over to building relationships and keeping relationships, you know. So I'm like, hey, I can use this as a teaching platform forever. You know? <laughs> I mean, you picked up a lot of life skills, valuable life skills through that. Very difficult last 12 months. What is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last year? The last 12 months, man, I would say, or the, the advice I would give to anybody, for me, I would say, I wouldn't be afraid, no matter life circumstances or situations that are beyond your control, you know, i.e. pandemics and things that affect people monetarily to necessarily deter you away from uh, pursuing your passion. You know, I'm a believer. Christ. So I feel like if he's giving you a if he's giving you a specific passion for something, pursue it with everything in you, you know, and he will enlarge your territory, you know, saying give you the grace in order to do it. So for me, I had to set fear aside and go and chase my dream or chase my passion, no matter what people might think is insane or that won't make you enough money. That won't do that for you. So I'm like, well, let me try it out because I only get one shot at this thing we call life. And I'm definitely going to seize the opportunity I have right in front of me. You know, so yeah, definitely. So seizing the opportunity and chasing a dream that's been placed on your heart is definitely one of the things I've learned during this difficult 12 months. I love your positive mentality on that, but I'm sure it wasn't always easy. So when you're pursuing that passion, which I know you're doing, and there were days where it was probably too difficult, difficult for you to get out there and skate or days you didn't want to or days you didn't see the motivation. So on those days, when you didn't feel like it, what pushed you through? Oh, man. I read books, man, on success principles and things like that, and I know success is hidden in your everyday uh, habits, you know? So uh, success is a habit. The mindset is a habit. So what I decided to do with this, I was like, man, Success doesn't really care about how I feel because my feelings are going to change from right now to to the next five minutes. I might be in a different, totally different mindset. But most of the time, I'm like, what do I, how do I, how am I adding value to someone or something, you know? And I'm like, man, if that's something I want to do, I have to kick the funk on in and begin to step outside of my feelings right now and begin to just... How could, how could I say it? And begin to just turn those negative thoughts and into positive thoughts so that way I can go out and accomplish what I set out to do in the first place. You know, so but every day is challenging, honestly. I don't know what I don't know what news I'm gonna get. I don't know who's gonna call my phone. I don't know who's gonna get upset with me. I don't know how I'm gonna balance it out, but it's the unpredictability that makes this life so much, uh, just, just makes it that much more worth living because you get the chance to decide how you're gonna respond to it and how, you know, you're gonna spend the, the, the 24 hours you have in a day, you know? So for me, it's challenging sometimes, but most of the time, I, 
I'm so overwhelmed with positivity and positive people. It's, it's hard for me to focus on the challenges, you know, sometimes. And it can be kind of irresponsible sometimes. I have an irresponsible ignorance to, like, responsibility sometimes. You know, because it's like, man, if it's bad news, all right, it's bad news. But then I'm like, I ain't going to freak out over it. <laughs> you know, so for me, it's just like I'm calm in certain situations. So most time people think I never have a bad day. But it's the total opposite. But I just don't let that determine the rest of my day. You know? so. Do you have any book recommendations? Oh, yes. The Compound Effect for uh, Success Habits. Enthusiasm, enthusiasm makes the difference. And my personal favorite will probably be How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yep. Dale Carnegie is my favorite. One of my favorites, man. People are like, why do you need to read that book? You're already so good with people. I'm like, nah. You gotta, you gotta look at the different principles in the book. What people thrive on, what people want to hear. You know, what I'm saying what people need to hear on a day to day basis. You know, and you want to give them that. You know, and it's just not about you. It's really taking the focus off of you and putting it on them. So, it's, <laughs> and people thrive off of that, and people want you around, and that's adding value. So, I feel like if you ain't adding value to people. You know what I'm saying? They don't need to be in your life anyway, or vice versa. So definitely three of my recommendations, for sure. I love the Carnegie book because it's it's been brought up on the show many times by guests. And what the best thing about it is it was written 100 years ago, and it's still applicable today. They're relevant, right? I'm like, yo, this is fresh. <laughs> you be using this on people don't even know it. Like, <laughs> so what's next? In, a, in an idyllic situation, as California starts to reopen and things get going, what is next for you? What are the projects, plans you got going for the year? Oh, man. So first, uh, I transitioned out of the Navy in 2022. First thing I want to do is go back home man, and hone my skill, uh, my, my skate culture. Just, just, just study, though, that I'm inspired by. Number one, I want to develop a, uh, I want to develop a workshop, a consistent workshop here in San Diego so that people can come join, check me out. You know, it'll be it'll be free and it'll, it'll, it'll just be a way for people to just come and just figure out like hey if they want to do this this is the opportunity the options you have the access you have because i never my head is not too big and i'm always i want to remain humble you know and i'm like hey come check me out boom, this is what i got then boom from there i just want to see where it's going to go you know branding to merchandise i just want to see how far i can take this thing but i've never really put my all into something and i want to be like hey this is my chance to do it, and this is something I want to do for the long haul and see how well it goes. It's just like the unpredictable, man. I just, that's what I want to do. I want merchandise. I want this. I want stickers. I want all kinds of stuff for people to just remember me by just because I decided to get back in, in, this, in this community. How can people stay up to date, and how can they – receive lessons from you how can they find you and just how can they follow you just the whole bit social media all that follow me on facebook you can join uh roller skate san diego it's a facebook group uh instagram at Derek pernell b-e-r-r-i-c-k-p-e-r-n-e-l-l -E -E -L -L. facebook Derek pernell um email <laughs> which i don't really check that often but i mean hey if you reach out to email i promise i'll probably get back to you eventually that's just me being candid and transparent search um Roller skaters in San Diego, Sin City Skates, shout out to them. That's a sponsor. I'm sponsored by Sin City Skates. So shout out to Bo, Trish, uh, Ralphie, and uh, everybody else that works for them. 
uh, and uh, San Diego Derby United, who also showed love to me countless times. Ringer, Isabella Ringer, she's super dope and amazing person. So all these places I've definitely been and uh, have uh, a positive impact on, you know, and they've also had a positive impact on me as well. So I, I appreciate all of them. And that's, boom, that's basically how you find me in San Diego, you know, at your local skating rink. Once they open, boom, <laughs> outside skating. Beaches, Pacific Beach, Mission Beach, I'm all over the place. <laughs> Through Instagram, you can book me. Uh, there's there's an, a booking button, but there's a, uh, if you're familiar with direct message, you can DM me, boom, who you are, how long you've been skating, what type of lesson you're willing to provide. There's a flyer I have on my highlights on my Instagram page. It highlights the lessons that I provide, the beginner, intermediate, and the group sessions, and uh, how much each one of those things cost in the bubbles provided uh, right above the, uh, the skill set. So you can find it there, reach me for all the information there, Instagram, Gmail, and Facebook, and you can just book me through Instagram. And I'll uh, respond in a timely manner to get you booked. I know we're going to chat again, but just thank you for today. Today was awesome. Oh, for sure, dude. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I thank you, man. I appreciate that. You have a phenomenal day, dude. I'm actually about to go teach a lesson in a little bit. So, <laughs> Listen, man, you're the best. This was great. Thanks for Bye. Yeah. You too, brother. Have a great day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Derek. Make sure to give him a follow on Instagram. Be sure to hit him up for a lesson if you're in the San Diego or Atlanta area. You can find his Instagram at Derek, D E R R I C K, Pernell, P E R N E L L. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.